0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast, authentic conversation with some of today's most pow- profound and powerful spiritual teachers and thought leaders, empowering you to honor the journey, trust the process, and embrace all facets of the human experience. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I am so excited about this episode because since the invitation really to bring on men into this space you know it was the Sovereign Goddess podcast for a long time Um, but a lot of that had to do with me healing my own relationship with men and I think I was just playing small by only featuring women even though like I love men I I just love them and you know there's so many conscious men that are and so many good men out there that are really doing amazing things and educating people and holding space and sharing their stories and just are really showing up in the world today and it was time to start honoring that as i sh- I'll sh- i shared in this episode and i've shared in episodes before my last message i got from my ayahuasca ceremony was to start sharing men and like sharing men's stories and holding space for men and you know i was just like okay well i hear you so eventually i need- i, need- I want to get men on the podcast and Part of my human design, the way I'm designed, is just waiting for that invitation. And when I was at the Longevity Now conference earlier this month with Sahara Rose, we were with uh, Luke Story, gave us this opportunity to attend. And so we went and she recorded an episode of the podcast, of his podcast, the Lifestylist podcast. I was featured in a little lightning round he did where he had other podcast podcasts uh, hosts and people just ask them quick questions, you know, like our lightning rounds here. And before that, he asked if I would be open to having cosmic dudes on the podcast. And so, to me, that was just like the invitation of, like, all right, the universe is telling me now's the time to start bringing on the men. And wow, am I happy! <laughs> I'm so happy that you know, that that invitation came up and that the opportunity is now and the time is now to start showcasing some more amazing men. And from this from this breath that I share with you, I've already recorded three episodes with men that are coming up. And so growing up as one of the boys and just seeing how, you know, like women are rising. Yes, for sure. But we also need to bring that equanimity and that balance and support men that are rising, too. So to be able to shift and to align to that space so that this is the sovereign society where you know just because of your genitalia or the gender you associate with it's not gonna there's no importance we're all important (laughs) we are all equal in this in this space and where we are going and so it's been really awesome to be able to connect with more men and hear their stories and just to be able as a woman to hold space for men to be vulnerable and to open up and to release shame of their journey or whatever, you know, and just to be be able to hold that space for them to share and just inspire people in that way. And I was just, again, so stoked and so grateful. And this episode was really great because uh, Luke stayed at my house for a week and it was really a weekend, I should say, and it was—it felt like a week after what I experienced. And he'll share with you a little bit more about his experience of him witnessing my exorcism that I had in my sleep. And I just really feel that was happening and that had to happen because it was the anniversary of my difficult LSD trip that I had and the passing of my best friend who took her life that, that day. So to me that the next day I was going to be doing this podcast, right? I was going to be recording the podcast the next day. And I just feel like I really, my soul was just fighting with these lower dimensions, lower frequencies that were trying to stop me from living out my Dharma and really stop me from showing up and being the light I wish to see in the world and sharing conversations with, about from with these people that are on the podcast about their, their journeys and how they've overcome and so obviously it's been a week since I recorded this with Luke. And so I've had some time to really process and feel into what is going on, what this is and what I experienced. And it's just like me preparing more and more every day to just really be the light I wish to see in the world to really show up fully and authentically to stop playing small and to inspire other people to go out there and radiate their authentic radness and to know that their journey all of it has been perfect there are no accidents to how things are unfolding and so this episode was just so great Luke and I re- we recorded it inside Joshua Tree National Park after attending Sat Nam Fest, which is a beautiful kundalini yoga festival that they do out here literally down the street from my house so That's why Luke was staying at my house with all of his biohacking equipment I think that really helped me really purge out a lot of the stuff too. And even today I was able to finally pass the parasite uh, That I feel like has been stuck in me for who knows how long and it was massive. Let me tell you. Thank you colonics so I'm huge on alternative medicine and being able to use these healing modalities to really help clear and align to our fullest most authentic self and so if you don't know about Luke's story you've been under a rock because he's brilliant and amazing and his podcast is just like bitchin the lifestylist podcast and so he started out you know as a former celebrity fashion stylist and an entrepreneur and he's public speaker and a podcaster and he just a lifestyle design coach so he just wears tons of hats but for 21 years he was essentially looking over and sharing and living through designing lifestyle through personal development and personal research and just really through living and I he's so admirable of his sobriety and his journey of that and how he just really inspires other people to live a very healthy, vibrant lifestyle. And so essentially the Lifestylist Podcast has had over a million downloads and there's amazing host, guests that amazing hosts, right? There's amazing guests that he's had and through it he's just sharing so much on how you can really go out and heal yourself, how you can bring in more happiness, how can you live a high performance life? and so it's all about you living a life to your fullest potential and so to really like bring in a lot of these experts from fields of like health and spirituality and personal development he's just so passionate i've never met someone so passionate and it's very inspiring and uh i just appreciate that as an entrepreneur and a fellow podcast host and just as a human being his passion for life and living it to the fullest and to offer the experience and the wisdom from himself and others on how you can really live your best life and so being able to have this conversation with him and really spend a lot of time with him in my house over a weekend and just really connecting with him a lot I'm just very grateful for, for Luke and for what he's doing and how he's showing up and you know he started as a, as a stylist and he had this school he has a school of style and he's the CEO of that And so he's just really helping people just create like a really awesome life and that is really authentic to them. And I just, it's so important. I think in today's day and age, you know, we can get so caught up in what everyone else is doing, but it's all about how authentic you are living your life, how you are choosing to show up. And are you playing small? That's the biggest thing. So... All of his links are in the show notes and uh, including the podcast, his website, School of Style, his Instagram. But this episode, we really had a great time. And so we talked about Luke's journey to sobriety. We talked about navigating through the dark night of the soul and understanding that there's a bigger divine purpose to it all. And we also talked about the importance of really working with mentors to support you when you're going through those challenging moments And how to biohack without the fancy equipment. Because that's something I really wanted to know. It's like, yes, he's got all this medical equipment. And he had he had it in my house and it really helped me for sure. I'm super grateful for it. But I wanted to know what if people don't have that money, how they can biohack. And so that's a really exciting topic to talk about. And we talked about the power of nature and the importance of really reconnecting with nature to help heal your mind, body, and soul as well as the power of your consciousness to really shift out of that poverty consciousness, which is something I personally have been working through a lot this year. And since I've been committed to that, I'm seeing all the opportunities really flourishing and unfolding, and I'm just so grateful for that. So definitely that is everything. And probably the greatest thing that I've learned that now it's like in my awareness is really the importance of becoming aware of blue light at night, Uh, It's something that's really, really important. Something that, I mean, my whole house, I'm very aware of my lighting. I only have Himalayan salt lamps and Edison bulbs. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But just these simple things that you can do around your house and in your life to help you really just shift and to live your best life forward. And so know that. You have the choice. You have the option. You have the opportunity. You don't need all this crazy fancy equipment and do all these crazy things that we do sometimes. There's just simple steps that you can do. So I'm really excited again to share with you this and to start bringing men on because I just feel like there's been a piece that's been missing so much for me with this podcast. And so now that there's more Cosmic Dudes coming on, even after this episode, I'm so excited to see how This is unfolding. And if you want to support, I would say thank you for subscribing. Thank you for joining the Facebook group where they were keeping. And I just want to create more community. That's my thing. So if you want to be part of the Sovereign Society on Facebook, you can find the link also below in the show notes. If you want to be a super doll and leave a review on iTunes, this helps really bring the podcast up and brings kind of like a, an opportunity to bring in a lot more amazing guests because I am so committed to this podcast. I'm so passionate about it. I just love talking, and to be able to share people's stories is just lights me up. So if you can leave a review on iTunes, send me a screenshot at hello at shamanessagadessa.guru. Everything is all below in the show notes. Send me a screenshot, and I'm going to be sending you a free guide to cultivating a daily practice. It's called the sodna and it's valued at $39 and I'm giving it to everyone who sends me a screenshot of their reviews. So again, this episode is just gonna really empower you to go out there and really make the change and be the light you wish to see in the world and to just really level up your life. Like this is the time to really bless up your life and to really stop playing small, to show up and to allow yourself to be who you are, knowing that you are enough because you are. And so thank you again for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in week after week. And without further ado, I'm so excited to bring you this episode, Up Leveling to Your Authentic Radness with Luke Story. Enjoy. All right. So first episode as the Sovereign Society here with Luke Story. And he's been my house guest for the past three days.
1: It has been three days.
0: Yeah, you've been hanging out in the Creuso Casita.
1: Three magical days.
0: Uh, it's been fun. It's, Sat- fun it's Fest. been real
1: fun. Yeah, Sotnom Fest. And you got to tell him where we are right now.
0: Yeah, so right now, uh, Luke had this brilliant idea like, hey, let's record in Joshua Tree National Park. And I'm like, uh, any excuse to go into the national park? I'm fucking down. So or like in this new spot that Bud and I found that we've been hiking around and it's really magical. It's like really windy right now, but to me it feels so much of like the winds of change, which I feel like is happening so much right now, like in our world and what we're seeing and even in our space, you know, I feel like there's a lot more um, awareness of like social justice and consciousness that really has to speak up as spiritual teachers And, uh, you know, you have so many amazing people all the time on your podcast. So what has been, like, some of the lessons you've learned really lately of social change and really uh, making these shifts?
1: Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I never really think in terms of global impact. I think more about going into the grocery store. Mm -hmm. and just really acknowledging the person that's checking me out Mm -hmm. and sending them love Mm -hmm. verbally verbally telling them that I really appreciate their help not that I remember to do it all the time but I'm more of the be the change you want to see in the world kind of guy Yeah, totally so I like to see those those reactions that come quickly for example say you're like you're pulling you know I I live in LA as you know so it's traffic which i never used to notice everyone would say oh how do you live there with the traffic i was like what and i was a fashion stylist for 17 years which is basically being a cab driver with clothes (laughs) and i just i don't know it just became part of life but anyway you know you pull up to a red light and let's say there's a gas station right there and someone's trying to pull out and the the egoic inclinations to be like fuck that guy i I gotta get there two minutes sooner and like don't let him in don't let him in and you see all the other like short-sighted people not letting them in and then at a certain point you know many years ago i started just going well Would it really kill me to just let them in, you know, and then I've I've noticed lately, like I let that person in and I give them like a big smile and a wave and I go ahead, go ahead. And they just light up. And it's like you don't know what that person could be going through that day. They could have just gotten fired or they're in a breakup or their mom's in the hospital or whatever. And then or they could just be a happy go lucky person already. And you just added to their day. And I really believe that by by doing that then they might pull up to the next light and let a person in and so on and so on and so on so
0: it's the small steps to like make yeah, a big change yeah so i don't yeah. you know i
1: don't like i don't know i think ever since i saw this george carlin uh, skit one of one of his famous skits is like it's called save the planet you can mm-hmm. put it in the show notes or google it and he just sort of talks about i mean he was in a sense kind of pessimistic but also very pragmatic and realistic about the insignificance of humans and yeah. as much as we think we're destroying the planet and all of that and I'm not for pollution or anything like that trust me I I always leave my campsite cleaner than I found it but he just talks about how we get so we're so arrogant and to think that like I can change the world or save the planet it's like dude just be a good person <laughs> you Yeah. Know? and not not to say that I have anything against people that get involved it's just not been my path my path is like have my podcast interview people that are brilliant at Specializing in some modality of health or spirituality mm-hmm. and turning more people onto their way of thinking and their way of uh, their perspective, you know, so.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because when I was like really considering to start bringing men on because that was uh, the last message I heard from my ayahuasca ceremony was like start like bringing more conscious men and more involved in your spheres in the sector. That I'm involved in, in terms of, like, the podcast and, like, my work. I, like, put a poll out there on Instagram. And I had, like, five people at least say, like, gotta get Luke's story on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and then I just met you last week. And I feel like we've definitely have done this before in some other lifetime.
1: Yeah. Because we met at the Longevity
0: Now conference.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you know, what's funny is... um, I saw that your friend Sahara Rose had a little, like, Instagram contest, you know, which was just turn a couple of my listeners on to free tickets to that thing. And I was going through MailChimp to just try and select someone, and I saw that she had added her email and opted in to my email thing. I was like, dude, I know you, you know. <laughs> you know I wouldn't be fair, A, for me to pick her because— um, She's
0: been on your on your Well, yeah, show, yeah I mean, it would show.
1: be like rigging yeah. in a fucking election or something, so— <laughs> So way to
0: start with the change of, like, I, starting small. Yeah, with like, I, yeah, I mean,
1: I couldn't really – it would be – I would not feel an integrity to, like, pick a homie and give them a free ticket. But yeah. I also was, like, the official podcaster of the event and doing a bunch of interviews. Yeah. So all I had to do was reach out to the – you know, the people running it and they put her on the list and she brought you yeah. as, as her guest, so it's funny all the all the synchronicity. Yeah,
0: know. I even made the lightning round.
1: Yeah, and then you and then I threw you on the show. It's funny because when I did the Instagram contest, actually it wasn't it was just an everything contest for people to enter. I was like, yo, if you end up there and I run into you, you might end up on my show, you know. I don't think I put Yeah, maybe I didn't put a listener on I've done that before where I put a listener on for a few minutes. That's but cool. um, but that was cool just meeting people sort of impromptu and be like oh you're interesting let's like let's make a you know an all-star episode and do a lightning round so yeah you were fun.
0: definitely tripping hearing that i was struck by lightning
1: yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> literal li- lightning round well it's interesting too i don't know if you remember this but my grandmother my nana on uh my dad's side she lived in estes park colorado which is up kind of in the mountains right above denver mm-hmm. and uh, and she was i mean you guys can't see but Maybe from here to that Joshua tree right there. This one? Yeah, right out in the front yard. And it got hit by lightning. Oh, you
0: remember you said that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, she, yeah, and she
1: got jacked up just from being that far from it. And then that tree had a big scar on it and stuff. And I, from that time, I was always like really sort of nervous about lightning. So were
0: there like reishi mushrooms going on that? Day? Yeah, right, right. <laughs>
1: the most chronic reishi <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> David Wolf has said that. I know, that. that's yeah, what yeah. he was talking
0: about at the conference. Oh, he did? Yeah, he was yeah, talking yeah. about it.
1: Guys, yeah, I get like, my property in Canada. You have the best reishi because it's full of electrical energy. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if it, I don't think at that time I knew what a reishi mushroom was. But that same grandmother, she was so fucking cool. She used to take me up to collect spring water um, in the hills around there. And, you know, I was a little kid. I didn't have any significance, but I know that I loved doing it. And then we'd bring these big glass jugs home and we'd drink it all up for the next few days or whatever. And lo and behold, that ended up being one of my main practices you know later in life for the past 10 years or something I'm I just wherever I go I find a spring and that's my water good luck out here yeah I know (laughs) you know it's interesting I love Joshua Tree but there I've never been like the desert is not my spirit animal I don't I don't have like a yearning to be in the desert but when I get out here I get the vibe because it's so desolate and quiet and there's there's life but the life is hidden it's like birds and lizards yeah you know you don't see like oh cool there's a herd of antelope it's just there's not a lot of greenery and stuff. but It
0: reminds me of that, like, human design thing with, like, you're a hermit, you know, and I was doing mine right. yesterday that we were learning about. Well, that's about. perfect, yeah. yeah.
1: But there's one thing about out here is, like, wherever I go, I always I want to find a creek, river, lake, ocean. Like, I need to get in the water. And yeah. if there's safe water to drink, I need to drink it. And so when I come out here... I f- it's a little unnerving because I know there's no water anywhere. There's
0: bar- there's a dam in this park.
1: Oh, there is. Yeah, there's a the
0: water. You can hike it and it's Barker Dam. Can you the- get in it? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's oh, like see, down down com- where we are. I've
1: been chilling with the wrong Jay Tree Yeah, people. what the hell, dude? Well, what I figured out the last time I was here is I drove into Desert Hot Springs. Oh, I, yeah, I that's where this, I grew up. Yeah, I went yeah. to this little uh Hot Spring? resort called um the Tuscany. And it's a cool little like Spanish villa vibe and you can go. I stayed there for 3 days or so. Because we were going to camp out here, and we didn't have a a permit or whatever. Mm -hmm. Camp spot, yeah. We were trying to squat, and it was just a bad scene, so we're like, fuck this. And my girlfriend at the time found us that little Tuscany place. It's super rad. It's like a couple hundred dollars a night. Mm -hmm. Or you can go in and pay 25 bucks for a day pass, and they have a Mm -hmm. really hot you know, hot tub with spring water, and then they have a nice, like, heated pool, and they have a sauna, and then, mm-hmm. like, a, a larger hot springs tub that's, you know, a bit bigger for, you know, it could fit 20 people in there. So, yeah, it's a great place, and these little cabanas and stuff, it's super rad. So, once I found that, I was like, oh, dude, 25 minutes from Joshua Tree, you can go in hot springs. So, I'm yeah, in. wherever there's hot springs, I'm good.
0: Yeah, growing up there, um, they actually had, like, I remember, like, we just drink the water, and it wasn't really, f- it didn't have to be filtered, and they used to do it in, like, um, water contest with water from all around the world, and it won year after year after year oh, after year. Some of the best right, water, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a water connoisseur. So I know. I, I love yeah. it. Maybe it's a, I'm a double Scorpio. Yeah, for sure. Could be that. I'm I have.
0: Just, I have like.
1: You can't keep me out of water. I jump yeah. in frozen lakes. I mean, I'm like ice yeah. baths. I don't care the temperature, whatever it is. I just went to a hot springs in um in uh, Utah outside of Park City, and they have a, the normal hot springs really hot. It's probably like. 106 or something and then they have this hot pool I only saw one other person get in there it's probably like 111 like you feel like you're gonna get burned
0: yeah for sure I mean, it's
1: like this can't be safe but I got in and no one was like no get out yeah you know, there's Pete locals who are around watching yeah. me they were kind of in awe or shock or going like wow what an idiot but no one was like dude be careful it's dangerous but it was right on the brink I felt of like being dangerous but I don't I just gotta get in it
0: yeah so how would you say because like I want you to share a little bit more about your story yeah. and then how these, you know, practices, because you're so into biohacking and, like, you know, being very aware of, like, what you're putting in your body with, like, I've seen you in my house, like, what you're putting in and, like, the water and, and things I you're packed, doing. And I packed light. Light, yeah. I'm sure. I was,
1: I was just, I was trying to keep it light. I only brought, like. You know, like six toys, six like. biohacking <laughs> devices. You know. Basically, we started a clinic in your living room is what <laughs> happened. Um, no, you know, my I mean, I think my story, I think, is interesting because I it's weird. Everyone to everyone's trauma is their trauma. You right. know what I mean, so there's people that have like, quote unquote, suffered worse trauma than I did as a kid. Um, but
0: it's still traumatic to you. So there's no, there's no, there's no downplaying. Bob Marley
1: said every man's burden is the heaviest, you know? So it's like, maybe you were the golden child and you know, you had all these expectations and that was your trauma. And then your little brother like got beat up all the time and that was there. So, you know, mine was, um, sexual abuse and a lot of verbal abuse and just around a lot of drugs and there was a lot of alcoholism in my family and, I started doing drugs really young as in reaction to the trauma I did not know I didn't know how to process what was happening to me and and I just felt so uncomfortable in my skin all the time from like the moment that happened at five or six years old and so you know I was like getting suspended from school in first grade for fighting and just like always kicked out of school could never study just lighting fires, doing vandalism. I'm like five, six years old. I mean, I'm like having the cops called on me cause I'm lighting shit on fire. And there was like a neighbor next door and I took this like big, um, like buck knife and I skinned a tree in their front yard. I was just really, and then I like killed their tree, you know,
0: there's um, no reishi that grew on. That yeah. Tree. And I was just like, <laughs>
1: fuck trees, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I like did this weird thing where it's funny every time, like I kind of tell the stories, but it just illustrates like the consciousness level that I came from. But at one point, I got in trouble because I like peed in a Coke bottle and poured it on this kid's head that I didn't like. That I was like bullying. Damn, dude. Yeah, I was just I was just hurt, you know, and hurt yeah. people, hurt people, and totally. This other kid, I fucking knocked him in the head with a two by four, and you know his head split open, and I was just wild and um and just could not be tamed, and so eventually that led into really acute addiction issues, and I was sent to this strange cult boarding school in northern Idaho that was really bizarre. There's a, you guys, there's dude walking through the desert as we podcast. Hey, hey. how's it going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> he has a camera, so he's yeah. doing some kind of media. is like, real life here. Yeah, this is Joshua Tree. Yeah, no it's Joshua Tree. don't give um, a fuck. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I got sent to this weird school. And and I had started to get in a lot of trouble with the locks. I was, like, breaking into homes and robbing houses and doing all this crazy stuff when I was, like, 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. years old. I finally got caught, and then I got sent away to this school, which is the best thing that ever happened to me because I was... I was on my way into the prison system. So if I had one... Because what happens when you get arrested is they stack a bunch of felonies on one event... And that's how the justice system works. So if I broke into the house, as I did, and I got caught, it's not just like, oh, you committed a felony, 14-year-old Luke Story, you committed 10 felonies, it's breaking and entering, it's grand yeah. theft, it's Larson, it's robbery, it's mm-hmm. this and that, and then they plea you out, right? Right. So I had to plea guilty to a number of things in order to not go to the juvenile detention center in Golden, Colorado, which is like prison for kids. And part of the plea bargain was admitting that i was guilty going on probation which i of course immediately broke by smoking weed at school and getting caught and so i broke probation and then it was like cool you're you're 14 now you're going to the detention center the kitty jail in golden until you're 18 unless you get the fuck out of my state and pitkin county in aspen colorado judge ordered me to leave the state or if i did anything else wrong i was in serious trouble so i, I narrowly averted you know thank god getting caught up in that system because many of the little kids and stuff that I ran around with just ended up there, and God knows whatever happened to them, For but sure. I know the stories of a couple of them, and they had a lifelong, you know, they became just, you know, what do they call it, war- warden of the state, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they just got, um, yeah, they just got caught up in that system, so I was rescued from that, but unfortunately, I came out and started doing drugs right away. I just never went back to crimes against other people. I just, did crimes to help people by selling drugs, you know? (laughs) For sure, like a Robin Hood. uh, Yeah, I was a public (laughs) servant. But I really, I was like kind of an ethical drug dealer. I didn't burn people. And, you know, I I mean, maybe I pinched the sack a couple times on the way from to 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 and fro you know um, yeah the
0: middleman yeah
1: that kind of th- you know but even that i was like i kind of had a moral compass at that point so i just i just wanted relief you know and then i moved mm-hmm. to hollywood when i was 19 and i started hanging around um all these musicians you know that i'd listened to when i was in high school and had their posters up and i went to la and i just i don't know you meet one guy and then i'm like hanging out with dudes from guns and roses and this and that it was just it was fucking amazing. It's all you know? who you know. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was living, I was living the dream, and my friend, uh, the guy I used to listen to, taught me how to play bass, and then we made a band, and I'm like in a band now in a fake ID and doing, I this, just just having the best time ever. I was like 19, and all my friends were 30, you know, and so I was like the kid brother to all of these guys that played in bands, and were a lot of really great people, but they all had serious drug problems, you know, and so right when I moved there. Got introduced to heroin and shortly after that, crack. And, you know, just the fun started out fun and then it was like fun with problems and then it was just problems. And, yeah, uh, so and what eventually, so eventually the yeah. catalyst to being into all the stuff now. Is um uh, it's some it's funny it's hard to like not digress into the stories because yeah. there's so many f- crazy and funny and tragic stories Gnarly. but um yeah but you know the the really the the pivotal moment was when I was 26 years old and I just had hit the ultimate inside bottom I wasn't arrested I wasn't beat up um, I didn't lose my apartment I mean it was a piece of shit apartment I wouldn't have minded losing it but <laughs> you know what I mean like nothing yeah. happened to me I didn't get that smack in the face of a jail term or yeah. something like that it was just inside the level of self hatred and self loathing was so profound that I just I couldn't numb it anymore.
0: It's like twenty years of yeah, twenty one years of
1: it's the well. The weird thing yeah. is when you're when you're a bona fide addict like me, and I, you know I was a full blown alcoholic too. I was just completely hammered every single day, um, y- you know. So I was just I was just a hot mess. But the thing is, is it's like when you know better,
0: which I better. did.
1: When I know better it was like the shame was compounded. So it's like, I'm using crack to like, to tamp down the shame of being a crackhead, you know? So it's like, don't do it, Luke, don't do it, don't do it. I'm just like, fuck, I would just start craving it so bad. Cause i was drunk or i was on dope or whatever and then i wanted to be up and i'd go get it and then the first hit i would just be like oh my god i'm a fucking loser like who smokes crack like i knew it was a loser move but i couldn't stop and then the shame cycle made me keep using but eventually when i I just knew that the consequences were outweighing the benefits to such a large degree. I was getting no benefit. Mm -hmm. I'd be sitting there, and if you looked at me, you'd be like, oh, my God, this guy is high as fuck. But I didn't feel high. I -hmm. felt totally sober. That was
0: like a normalcy. It's
1: a terrifying place to be when you don't get the, ah, okay, fuck. You know, you go back then, you page the guy. Right. You page the guy, and you meet him in downtown LA, and you get the shit. And
0: And everyone shows up. There's no, like, (laughs) canceling plans like today with our cell phones.
1: Yeah, and so... You know you get the stuff and get home and do it and you're like nothing changed i still feel the shame i still feel the pain all the memories all the resentments all the hurt all the guilt all of the confusion and all that was still there so i called my mom and she was she had already sobered up uh, and uh was you know really like a beacon for me and just kind of waiting on the sidelines for me to get my shit together uh, or you know lack thereof so that i'd ask for help and i finally asked for help she helped me get in a treatment center, and I went there when I was 26, and that was um, February 15th, 1997. And uh, and I had this really profound experience when I woke up in that treatment center. It was a regular you know, 28-day rehab. It was out in the woods, thank God, so I couldn't run away, and there was no way to get drugs or do any funny business. So I just kind of surrendered to the fact that I was there, and that first day I woke up, My first thought was, like, what the fuck have I done, (laughs) you know? I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? I literally, because I was so hammered when I went in there. And I woke up and was just like, oh, shit, there is no drugs here. What am I going to do, you know? But then something really weird happened. Because I actually really wanted to be sober by that time. But I was, you know, unpacking my little bag or whatever. And I found a Valium, like a 10 milligram blue Valium in there. And I looked at that. And I can't remember if it was – I flushed it down the toilet or I went and turned it into the counselor. It was one of those two things. I was, I was so brain dead I honestly don't remember. But I know that I got it, and my first thought was, get rid of that shit. It was amazing. It wasn't to take it. And yeah. when that happened, I knew something had changed. Mm-hmm. I was done.
0: Progress, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's such a, like –
0: Yeah.
1: It was such a profound moment, you know, that I had no one forced me to do that. Yeah. You know, And so then I went back to freaking out. <laughs> you know, Yeah. and the only thing I knew to do, which is really the only thing I know to do now when it comes down to it, is just I started praying, you know, in a very formal sense. That's what they told me to do. I was like, dude, yeah. I'm freaking out. Can you guys give me some morphine or something? <laughs> and they're like, no, but you can do this thing called prayer. It's like really? How about dilaudid? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> keep going down the list. Yeah, like nope, just prayer. We'll
0: try to find some kind of solution. Yeah, yeah for so sure. that so
1: that's what I did, and uh, you know, something really miraculous happened to me. I just, I was struck sober. I was free. Yeah. Yeah, I was free. Oh, I love you, brother. Yeah, and it's just—I mean—it's like I can—that's I, why I get choked up sometimes when I tell the story because I remember what it's like to be enslaved. And for someone that's never, you know, been under the control of something like that, where literally like you have no will, it just tells you what to do. And you, you're a fucking slave and you just, it's all you can do. And it doesn't matter who you hurt or, you know, who you abandon or the dreams that you throw away. I mean, there's so many opportunities that I had playing music, you know, like, I remember one time like David Bowie's producer, Tim Palmer, who had produced Tin Machine and a number of other really hit. Hit records. I was one of David Bowie's bands. He's a really famous producer, and uh, and he came to see our band. And he, I was kind of the you know the PR guy, and was the one that booked the gigs Typical. and did all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's I still the, happening I <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't the musical band leader, but I was like the band leader and just getting shit done and booking yeah. the rehearsal places and all that, which is terrifying.
0: Leadership role.
1: Well, I mean, it's so ironic because I was so fucked up. But anyway, he gave me his card He said, "Man, I want to record a demo with you guys. Let's get a deal. You guys have something special." And you know. Got some crack on the way home. Lost the card. You know, the yeah. week later, I'm like, "Oh, what happened to that guy?" You know, it was just shit like that over and over again. And then that that was coming to an end. And so I start doing this prayer. And then that led me into just not only addiction recovery in in the classical sense. There was that always was the foundation. But I was struck sober, and I did whatever was recommended to make sure that that lasted but then I started really studying you know all types of yoga and meditation and really getting into my health yeah I started detoxing all that so bringing us you know fast forwarding up to today it's like at first I had to take care of my health and detox all the shit out of my body mm-hmm. and I became a vegetarian was juicing and doing colonics and all this stuff like in the late 90s when no one really knew what that was about except people that had cancer and you know had failed with chemo or whatever alternative healing was very fringe and like totally at that time Uh, so I started getting into all of that but even as my health improved I realized that my mentality was so toxic I was so full of hatred and resentment uh, toward others and really at the core of it was hatred toward myself and it was just being expressed out toward everyone and I lived in constant fear and I was so self-conscious. I mean, I was just pathologically narcissistic. Everywhere I went, I literally felt like I was like being filmed, not paranoia. Dude,
0: I can relate. But just like, you know, yeah. like trying to look cool Fuck. and like yeah. how I dressed oh, and I my hair paranoid, and like, but, like if yeah. I had a
1: pimple like or <laughs> you know, I was just so hyper vigilant about getting people's approval because mm-hmm. I was so empty inside and I was just so identified with ego and mind. That I started to realize like the physical sobriety was a good start, but like, man, I needed to learn how to feel comfortable in my skin and Mm -hmm. to find some integrity and become a moral, honest, kind, loving, giving person instead of this rapacious, self-centered survivalist. You know, it was just from the time I was abused, it was just like, fuck, I got to survive this world. It was like a cold, harsh, dangerous landscape, kind of like we're in right now in a certain respect, you know. And so I really started working on myself. And then at a certain point, after a few years of still survival mode and recovery and health and doing all that stuff and going to India and just on all of my journeys, then it sort of it wasn't so much about the avoidance of pain. But at a certain point, it switched into the pursuit of pleasure and peace and joy and happiness. And I learned how to be of service.
0: Mm. I mean, clearly, fuck, you're in my house and you're like telling me all this stuff like you guys don't know. But today, like. I had fucking, like, the ambulance (laughs) at my house this morning. And, you know, like, I just wake up to, like, Luke looking over me. And, like, my friend Ramen was sleeping in my bed and two paramedics. And I'm like, what is going on? And when I hear that, because today is my anniversary of, like, my really difficult LSD trip that I had that really, like, rocked my fucking world. Like, it was just cracked everything open. And I went in with, like, really, like, anger and, like, not the right set and setting and so i feel like because i was like convulsing right like this morning yeah
1: i mean i can describe what yeah what god happened. please
0: tell me because
1: so i'm i'm sleeping in the spare room and uh and your friend Raman is over that i just met at this you know uh the satan fest. fest yeah and we go to bed i don't know we're all hanging out shooting the shit at night playing your fucking singing bowls and Hipping and out, and uh, we all go to bed. Everything's chill, and then like four in the morning, and I sleep with earplugs. I live in the city, you know, yeah, so right. I have a whole protocol to like get to sleep because it's so loud and bright and just crazy where I live. So I have my earplugs, my face mask, and all of a sudden I wake up to her barging in. Her, Luke, Luke, something's wrong, something's wrong. Sabrina, Sabrina, come here. And I jump up and like, you know, I'm in my underwear, I, like put my shorts on. They're backwards. I'm like ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Once I woke up, I was like, okay, cool. Then then the calm handler of shit came over me which I'm grateful to have built you know um, I only get riled by little shit it's funny like if my computer doesn't work I have a fucking hissy fit <laughs> but someone could be dying and I'm like we got this yeah we're cool for there's sure. a, certain, it's a fight or flight yeah there's certain like handle it energy yeah. uh, seems to take over and that and that was so we we come into your room and she's like dude she just started like shaking and breathing I don't know what it is this is your friend and, uh, and so I just sat on the edge of the bed and essentially you were breathing like and you were vibrating you weren't like convulsing like a seizure but just vibrating it's hard for people listening to you know get the visual but just like like when a puppy shivers after you get it out of the bath kind of like that you're like kind of shivering but it was it was a bit more intense than it was on the surface of your skin but more your skeleton or your nervous system was shivering and that was weird enough but if i had shook you and you were like what what oh my god and continued to sort of convulse and shiver and breathe and have a you know elevated heart rate i would have been like okay cool this is scary but what was really fucking weird about it is you wouldn't wake up it's like you were in this weird paralyzed sort of state and i was like sabrina sabrina i'm pushing you i didn't want to be too violent with it because if you were having a seizure rolling someone around and shoving them is not the answer didn't appear that you were swallowing your tongue your eyes were closed but like to me you weren't asleep you were like paralyzed when someone's asleep you fucking push them and call their name loudly and they wake up you were not waking up so after maybe five minutes of that uh, i
0: was still shaking yeah
1: and i had my hand on you kind of like on your side you know and on your back a little bit and i could just feel you z- 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 vibrating and then i was like yeah we need to call 911 which i don't do i mean unless shit is super gnarly i'll get out my <laughs> biohacking Mind stuff sure, yeah. fix shit myself. I trust myself <laughs> more than most paramedics. But uh it was, you know, this was like beyond my level of expertise clearly. And so we called nine one one and then she what they do is they stay on the phone with you, okay, count her breasts and I had to count her breaths. Not breasts.
0: Breaths, people, breaths. Breasts. I only have breasts.
1: She only has two, <laughs> thankfully. She's not having a litter come anytime soon. So she had count her breaths and uh and so I did that, and just kept me on the phone until they got there. And you know, this amazing—we live close to the hospital; they got there very quickly. But what was, of course, like the minute I called, then you started calming down. And I was like, "Oh shit!" And I'm thinking, oh, "How much is this going to cost her?" I didn't—I couldn't find out if you had insurance or something. Yeah. You know, because you're you're in this comatose weird state. So they show up, and then. It was crazy because I was kind of waiting for you to wake up with them there and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing in my house? Like, yeah. you know, be pissed or shocked, but you woke up and you're looking around like, uh, what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> you're like laughing. <laughs> you're laughing, going like, oh, my God, what, what are you guys happening? doing? What is happening? <laughs> what is your problem? Like, what are you guys doing? You know, you were just so amused, actually. That was a really funny reaction. I thought you'd be scared or angry or feel violated i think i was just <laughs>
0: trying to process what the fuck was going on yeah
1: and then and then she looked around the corner and saw a gurney like this big orange gurney yeah. in the hall and she was like uh what and then you know they checked your obviously My vitals yeah, they checked yeah. all their vitals and all that stuff and determined there was nothing wrong they thought for sure she had been at coachella and was taking drugs and yeah
0: all. i was like I, we're at the complete like 180 of what that is
1: yeah i'm like we're at the most sober possible event ever i think um a, apart from, like, an AA convention or something. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you go to a kundalini yoga fest is not, like, yeah. party. It's not that kind of party. Um, so, you know, but they were cool, but they really recommended that she go to the hospital. And, and uh, I signed off now. She decided not to do that. But, you know, I think, obviously, I would have called them back over or found a way yeah. to get to the hospital. I had it continued, so.
0: Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you being there. It's just because I usually live by myself, so I, like, can't yeah. even imagine, like.
1: It was a, a trippy situation. I but I feel like, like, I, I d- and like, and that. I asked you to
0: share that because, like I said, it's been this anniversary for me in the past six years. I've yeah. been imprisoned by that situation of how I didn't react in a way that I thought I I wanted. I would have. Yeah. But, like, I was just so deep in my own neuroses and psychosis and, like, my own traumas from that difficult LSD trip. Mm-hmm
1: is there an LSD trip that isn't difficult? (laughs) No, but this was like, really, like, I was really, like... I know, I'm not making light of it, I'm just like, oh my god, always something fucked up happens when I used to take acid. Yeah. Because the funny thing about LSD, for me, is... I always liked the part where you're tripping for the thing.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, so I'd go to, like, the Pink Floyd Laser Show in Golden Gate Park, or I'd go see The Dead or Jerry Garcia or something. Yeah. It was fucking awesome for oh, that it, two I'm hours. I was seeing
0: trees that were, like, changing colors and shit. Was yeah, awesome. for that
1: yeah. two hours, it's dope. <laughs> but then you're out in the parking lot, like you know huffing nitrous balloons like all depressed as fuck you know it's like no event lasts long enough for the acid to like stay being good so i think every trip i had ended up being a bit challenging
0: yeah but no this one was just like i was you know it led me to my spiritual path like from that experience because it was just so much of my trauma from like childhood and experiencing a lot of death i've been sharing with you some fucking crazy stories i've gone through like this weekend you know and so a lot of that came up like love was trying to enter and i felt like not good enough and like all these kinds of things and so i just felt like i disappointed a lot of people i was on it because it wasn't like my my ego you know wasn't like like performing in a way that i really wanted to or whatever you know there was like hesitation and stuff and then and then. I had like, you know, that and then a lot of things ever there after I was like, oh, fuck the man, you know, and it was like election time that time. And I just really like fucked around and like, you know, was just really like working against the system and being really rebellious and then got struck by lightning like right after that. So there's a lot of damage to my nervous system. And before that LSD trip, I was really abusing a lot of MDMA like every week I was doing MDMA because I was a music journalist. So like. That was my part in the music community was just like eating molly instead of drinking and like interviewing DJs and dancing. And, you know, so I think what happens with that being the anniversary today and being in Sat Fest and listening to like Guru Singh and like doing all all so much yoga yesterday, too, and talking so much about the nervous system and up leveling to like 5D consciousness and things like that. I just feel like it was being purged out of me. And like really transmuted like when I'm hearing the story and I like really tap into it because like all day today I've been thinking about it, you know, like why like what was this like what was happening and I really feel like it's been so much transmuting because. I promise I made in April was to like really like rewrite the story and so to get out of that victim that's been something I've been talking about so much like getting out of that victim mode and be choosing to become more victorious and so rather than being like oh the poor Sabrina poor me poor me for what happened to me it's like okay like how can I like transmute that and see it as an opportunity for me to be able to have a conversation like this or share have like a conversation with you where we can talk about these experiences and can help someone else You know, that may be going through it because I get messages every day from people like, oh, my God, you're helping me to be vulnerable. Oh, my God. Like, you know, how much I'm making an impact on their life just by sharing my story and being like authentic and true. So I don't I believe there is no such thing as accidents, you know, I mean, of course, it can be fucking tough when you're going through it, like regardless if you're having a difficult LSD trip or not, it can be fucking tough. But I think now it's at a space where, you know, it's like, okay, there's a bigger divine purpose that's happening And so I'm just going to continue to be on the journey and see how it continues to unfold. And I feel like you probably feel that way, too, with your experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is. I'm beginning to have a clear definition between pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, and as time goes on through the yoga practices and, uh, you know, just recovery and all of the stuff I do, I mean, everything just gets much more pared down and simple. I've been off on so many woo woo tangents and all sorts of different things um exploring and it just comes down to very a very simple spiritual approach for me and that is in moments of trial to know that it is a trial <laughs> you know that there's a reason for yeah. it it's like you know there's a there's a a buddhist saying about uh, i think it was um Trimpa, uh, what's his name Trimpa rumphache or something i can never pronounce his crazy weird name but uh, he was one of the big Buddhist teachers that Pema Chodron and all those people, you know, were turned on by. And, uh, you know, he talks about, it. I think Pema tells this story, actually, is probably where I heard it. But it's, you know, something to the effect that, you know, you're you're wading out into the ocean. And, you know, that wave just comes and smashes you in the face and knocks you down. And mm-hmm. you stand back up and, and the wave comes and smacks you in the face again. And after a while, it's not so much that the waves... Stop coming. It's that they just kind of stop bothering you. Yeah, for <laughs> you know sure. I mean? like you're
0: able to navigate through. Yeah, it in a way so it's yeah, not. yeah.
1: So for me, it's just uh you know challenging situations like that. It's not. I don't have to wait so long after them till I start feeling centered again to look back and see the lesson. I'm actually in the lesson and feeling pain and discomfort often mm-hmm. because I'm always growing and expanding. But I don't conceptualize it as suffering. I don't often experience it as suffering because I know that there's a purpose to it, and it's taking me to a higher level of mm-hmm. understanding. You know, so
0: yeah, there's a divine purpose behind it all. Yeah, yeah and al- sure. and
1: all of it, and that's why we're here. I mean, we're in the kindergarten for human human souls here, and so yeah, you're gonna get your ass beat by the bullies and. <laughs> you know, I feel like that. But that's what, what elements, like really you enriches
0: know? your human experience too. It's like you're seeing yeah. like the perseverance and like. How How strong you really are,
1: and then every little thing that I go through, of you know whether it be financial, familial, relationship, spiritual crises, whatever, then once I work through that and I'm able to establish what the lesson is and integrate that into my character, yeah, then it's so, it's impossible to not have compassion and empathy for someone going through their journey, and Mm -hmm. also you have like the oracle powers to be like oh no here's how you're going to work through this because you just did that shit, you mm-hmm. know so from my friends that are a bit younger than i like my friend Elliot, and i have a few friends like that where the relationship started out more in a mentor kind of relationship then we kind of they catch up yeah. or, you know exceed me in certain areas and then we become kind each like other's an equal th- yeah like become yeah. each other's teachers and yeah. and, uh, and students all at, in, at once but when they're going through something that i've been through it's like oh my it's so clear
0: yeah
1: what the answer is in terms and of you see how, how much to proceed how much
0: growth you've had from that and like
1: because you yeah. get those
0: flashbacks sometimes it's mm-hmm. like oh fuck like i've been in those in those shoes and like yeah. how great that you can help lead it so they you know everyone's in their own journey and they're all going to take it on their own but like you can really help someone cut off yeah some of that pain and suffering that they may have endured in that experience that's what i feel like i've i do with my platform you know by sharing about being vulnerable i fucking hid for four years like i took a four-year sabbatical and hid like didn't show face on social media like nothing like i just traveled around trying to figure out like my mental health my psychological health and like really enrich my spiritual health but now i'm in a space where i can like step up and lead and i'm sure you feel like that with your podcast too with like educating and having conversations and like it's what creates uh richness you know
1: yeah it does and also when you go through the fire and you have those many dark nights of the soul not only does it give you wisdom that you can pass on to others that are in similar circumstances but it also eliminates the need to try to save them and rescue them and get all codependent and fucking crazy it's like really giving people space to experience their challenges Mm -hmm. in the way that they're meant to experience them and if they want I mean I have a very like low touch relationship with people that need help it's like they go man I'm suffering what do I do and I go well when I've suffered in similar ways here's how I've prospered out of that suffering as you said become victorious rather than you know being victimized by life and its circumstances but I don't get involved or try to save or rescue people it's like I have a very I'm getting better at it I mean I've had to learn to be able to do this but a very sort of non-attached love you know Mm -hmm. like there's just boundless unconditional love for that person and I'm there for them. Yeah, holds. But I ain't losing yeah. sleep. Yeah. Because that, that that's the shit that they have to learn. Just mm-hmm. like when I have to learn, I mean, we're really all alone at the end of the day. It's you very know? much
0: of the priest energy. Like for yeah. you being a man. For priestess yeah. is like the healer that's like helping guide them rather than being like, I'm gonna th- I'm the I'm the knight in shining armor that's gonna save you, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I call my guy, my guy's name is Jeff Kober. He's a Vedic meditation teacher, very wise man. Uh, he's considerably older than I, and I call him when my ass is on a fire. I mean, we chat here and there. I go, you know, go to a meditation with him or something like that. But when I'm, like, texting him, can you talk now? Can you talk now? How about now? How about now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I really need that, he's been through all this shit. You know what I'm saying? He's been yeah. meditating for 32 years or something. You know, it's like. I have my go-tos, but when I call him, he really doesn't save me.
0: It's just a whole space so you can talk it out. and Yeah, yeah and he offers
1: sure. he offers his experience and his wisdom, mm-hmm. but he doesn't try to fix me, change me, save me, doesn't tell me what to do, mm-hmm. doesn't really give me very concrete instructions, although I have had many mentors and teachers over the years that are like, Okay, what happened with the girl? All right, here's what you do. Text her this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, your boss did what? Oh, fuck, no, you need to quit. You walk into their office. Here's what you say exactly. And then you call me the moment after you've done it. And if I didn't do it that way, they wouldn't mentor me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I've had tough love. I've had people take over my life and control every aspect of it because it was so precarious at times. But where I am now, my teachers are like, hey, here's some Vedic wisdom for you. Take it with Figure a grain of salt. Yeah. And then it's all you to go have that experience.
0: So what has been like, because I mean, I'm doing my mentorship program again. And I know for me, I'm blessed to have like pretty amazing women that I've had in mentors. Like one of them works at the Chopra Center. So she like, you know, is trained by Deepak. And another one is super powerful doing a lot of her work in Silicon Valley with all the, you know, the tech people and Bitcoin and all those people. And so, for me, I know mentorship has been, like, super important. You're talking about, like, you know, like, what would you say, like, now being in the other position of, like, mentor after being mentee for a while, and even still sometimes this day, like you're mentioning, like, what have you feel like has been some of the greatest, like, blessings from that being able to hold space and then also, like, seeing the transformations but realizing that it's an opportunity for people to, like, reclaim their own power?
1: Well... Today, for example, yeah, you know, my friend Elliot's girlfriend Bree yeah. pulled me aside, and she was like, hey, "I want to tell you something." I said, "What?" She said, "You know what?" As I'm, you know, they've been together a couple months or something. It's a new relationship. They're just getting to know one another. But I've been a huge part of his life, yeah, for you know seven years or something. And uh, we've known each other for longer, but really been tight, you know. And when I met him, he was in a he was in a bad place in many ways. So she said, "I just want to thank you." for how much you've helped Elliot you know it's really clear that you've had such a profound impact on his life and it's been a positive one and it's just incredible the things he shares with me that he's learned from you and the experiences you guys have had and it's like I mean I just started crying it was know? so
0: beautiful to watch that moment yeah
1: and it's you know I mean I'm a feeling person I'm an emotionally centered person I, mean, I definitely am in touch with that side of myself yeah uh, and I think in a relatively healthy way but that's just like a reaffirmation that again, all the ways in which I've suffered have then not only served me, but been able to serve others. But now as that relationship has progressed, for example, to answer your question more specifically, he's got his own, he's a grown ass man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's not like little Elliot that I have to like coddle and, you know, protect. Yeah. Which is kind of how, (laughs) you know, it was. I mean, it's like, King Baby, I used to call yeah. him. No, I called, do I call him Baby Huey, you know, because he just didn't know how to deal with life. <gasps> I got a parking ticket, what do I do? I was like, dude, seriously, grow the fuck up, you know? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I had to have my ass wiped and up until my mid-30s, probably, you know? Um, so, you know, there's that that sense of appreciation and gratitude when it's not only reflected by the person, but other people around them that just objectively yeah, and see. And recognize. Yeah, what a, what a mm-hmm. profound impact you've been able to have on someone's life, but In those situations, I mean, those are just friends. That's not like a coaching program. Right. And when you're getting paid for it, it's a little bit different. Right. It's something that, you know, I've done and I, you know, on my website right now, you can apply for the coaching program that I have and stuff. But I don't know that that's like my, you know, my long-term thing. I see that. It's interesting because... You know, the few people I've worked with, I've felt like I have helped them, and it was, you know, the exchange of money and and guidance and care. So I take it very seriously. I feel has been fair, and I feel good about upholding my end of it. But um, it's also difficult for me to do that remotely with Mm -hmm. the people that I've really worked with and helped in a more profound way. We see each other all the time. Like, I'm in their grill, and it's a full-time thing. And I don't know many people that would be able to afford (laughs) that. <laughs> those type of services yeah, because sure. it's so intensive it's so hands-on when someone's in a desperate place and they really need help um, so in terms of having that kind of influence and helping people from a professional standpoint I'm still kind of figuring out a way where I can do that that I feel good about and that I don't feel is like a burden or a pain in the ass yeah
0: well I feel like you do that with your podcast too yeah like I mean that's I
1: guess that's it's like I create content that seems to really benefit people based yeah. on the feedback i, I mean, I get you know, direct messages on Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff all the time. Mm My God, your podcast changed my life. And they're really profound messages uh, most of the time.
0: Yeah. I hear you.
1: So I'm, you know, I'm doing that. And it's just like, cool. I get to sit down and interview people that I'm actually learning from. Mm -hmm. Like when I interview people, I don't think maybe some people that listen to my show don't realize like, no, they the guest is like mentoring me. I really, really want to know That's the answers. That's how I feel sometimes. I'm, Shit. I'm like, yeah. dude,
0: fuck yeah, I got this person on. Yeah. Like, I get to pick their brain and like, yeah, Yeah, totally. like we were
1: talking about uh, Guru Singh, you know. And I, I mean, I've been going to his classes for years, and I've always wanted to like sit down and have a conversation with him and ask him all about the early days and this yeah. and that and what his views are about this and views about that and and you know, I got to sit down with him in his living room in front of a fire, yeah, on a I love sheep that video you know talk to him for two hours so i am on my own journey by interviewing these experts in different fields but then other people i kind of forget are having an experience perhaps with the with the amazing human like that for the first time so they're getting these like in-depth
0: downloads yeah Yeah. downloads
1: of consciousness or even just the health the physical Mm -hmm. and the metaphysical Um, a lot of people still i forget don't know some of the things i know about health just because it's been a, a span of time i've been into it you know so someone you know is like just took their first infrared sauna or something. I'm like, I was doing that shit 20 years ago. Like that's just part of my daily life. I sort of take it for granted. It's like, well, duh, everyone takes ice baths every day in a sauna. (laughs) They're like, you jump in ice. I'm like, what? Doesn't everyone do that now? (laughs) So, um, you know, it's, it's fun to, to get that reflected, but in terms of how, you know, how it's going to work for me in a more personal level, I don't know. But you know? you're doing
0: it even without like clientele, like you're doing yeah. it like, for like people like Elliot or like, yeah. you know, like friends that, that are calling. My and, vision
1: like, is, is kind of like yours that we've talked about. I see, it's like, I don't want to sit in a fucking hotel conference room and like do a PowerPoint and tell people how to build a lifestyle. So I think my thing's like, Go to Costa Rica, go Mm -hmm. to Mexico, go to Hawaii, go somewhere to Iceland, to the hot springs, like go somewhere fantastic to a beautiful, (laughs) well-designed, architecturally interesting and gorgeous, high vibe, you know, and not that I only want to treat wealthy people, but I just like being in beautiful surroundings and being able to experience nature. So you're
0: also out of your comfort zone in those places. Yeah.
1: So I can really pattern interrupt people and maybe I spend time with, you know, two weeks or something like a deep dive with. Twenty people or something like that and have a profound impact and not just talk about shit but actually do it do the kundalini do the breath work do the mm-hmm. ice baths you know get in touch with nature ground get in the mm-hmm. sun get naked get hot get cold get back in touch with the elements you it's know? like
0: natural biohacking because that's something yeah. that i asked you i think last night i was like or the first night i was like you know like i'm very aware of like what's going on in the world and you know i something that i'm really working on more is like um as a white woman is, like, how do I, like, start reaching more people of color and people of, like, maybe, like, disimprovered... I'm having, like, fucking deja vu saying this right now, like, in this space (laughs) right now. It's trippy. But, like, you know, helping people realize that, like, you don't need, like, yes, the fancy equipment and stuff, like, that's in my house right now is amazing, but, like, even us being right now in the national park, like, this Uh, is a form of biohacking, you know? It's everything. It's everything. Like, nature is such a strong kind of experience. Our
1: problems as a uh, society, a large global society, I believe are all really disconnected in, in nature. And from one another. Yeah, totally. You know, we got here for the past two million years by roaming around, eating everything in sight mm-hmm. together in groups of fifty or sixty people. That's how humans do humanity, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the universe, God <laughs> progress happened and here we are, you know, locking down pieces of land, agriculture came to be with agriculture, came the city state, came government, came military, because now you have to protect your property. I mean, you could take it back to about 12,000 years ago. And that's when we went off the fucking rails. Not to say we're all sitting around singing Kumbaya and, you know, being happy villagers before then. But in terms of the neurosis we have now, a lot of it is because of the the
0: fact that we're being
1: overstimulated, we're disconnected. Our families are totally disjointed. We have babies that aren't breastfed, that never get touched, that never get held, that are left alone to cry, and they grow up to be abusers of other people, and you know, criminals and drug addicts, and the cycle. And not to, you know, not that I'm negative. It's I, I mean, I really zoom out from the whole thing, and I just see. We're just, again, in school, and humanity's in its infancy, and there was this period in which we were more in tune with nature, and I think, you know, obviously the records of uh, fossils tell us we had less disease, and, um, you know, the spirituality that was pre-religions tended to be more in alignment with the laws of nature and animals and plants and, you know, us being like part of ecology, and then agriculture happened and religion and the police state and military disconnected us from ecology and What I like to do when people call biohacking is, like, reconnect to ecology, like, become part of the system. And that means eating in a way that's in alignment with nature.
0: I feel it right now. As much as possible. Yeah, I feel it. it's a
1: great setting to talk about it. But as far as, like, the biohacking and making it accessible, and like you said, some of these devices are really expensive. I mean, I get people all the time in my Facebook group, like, oh, well... You know, and I, I answer back, dude. You need to work on your poverty consciousness. Like that's yeah, your problem. Sure. Well, that's it's not that biggest. you can't afford this device. Totally. I used to think I can't afford the shit either, and now I have it all in my living room. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's everything's mental. You know? It's all in the mind. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: like been the biggest thing for me like since buying my home and living in joshua trim kind of like disconnected from like crazy city life and like billboards and all that shit yeah
1: yeah. but it's
0: like the poverty consciousness and realizing like dude i am the creator of my own fucking reality yeah you know but that
1: said the answer i have after you know let's really look at your consciousness because that's what i'm actually working on right now is expanding the possibilities for me and changing the way i think about money and wealth and I've always thought it was unspiritual to right. like have money and to be a real spiritual person. You have to be struggling and broke, and I'm really <laughs> working you on getting what? rid Maybe of that. You know Maybe
0: because that's what we <laughs> were in our past life.
1: As like <laughs> spiritual be.
0: beings that were just like you know the shamans, like Could be. shamans in old and and like older eras yeah. where everything was taken care of for them. The village would provide for them.
1: Maybe, may you know, uh, so now it's like, well, I mean, you know, in the, in the tradition of meditation that I, that I use uh, Vedic meditation, you know, that the teacher, you, you donate um, a week's pay right, to learn and you bring um, fruit and flowers right, right, and right. stuff because the goddamn yogis, however, thousands of years ago lived up in the Himalayas in a cave. In order for them to keep teaching the villagers meditation, you had to bring them some shit, and they didn't work, and they were poor. But that's a different era, and that's a different role. I'm I'm a householder, man. I'm out in the yeah, world. Yeah, for sure. But back to the biohacking, because I really want to touch on this. A, it's the you know consciousness that I am abundant, and I can buy whatever shit I need to support my health.
0: Get it. That
1: said. <laughs> I always tell people, dude, you don't need all the fancy machines. Like, that stuff's fun, but really, all those devices I have in your house right now, which we can, you know, perhaps go into a little bit for people wondering because they are amazing, they all just use elements of nature and magnify them because we're surrounded by geoengineering and shit being sprayed in the sky and EMFs and Wi Fi and 5G. Not the good 5G you're talking about, but. The 5G, you five, know, not, cell five system. Five D, not 5G. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Five D, dimension. dimension. Okay, okay. Not 5G. Get <laughs> that clear. Every time you say that, I'm like, wait, does she clear, like clear, 5G? Clear. No, That's 5 like D. Cancer City. No, 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 fuck uh, no, no. We have, we have, you know, smart <laughs> meters. It just, we're just, we're so disconnected physically. Our biology. We literally walk around in rubber shoes, dude.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what happened when I had my LSD trip. I was barefoot. So I was feeling everything of the planet. Well,
1: that's, you know, you can work with that or against that. But anyway, um, (laughs) those technologies really all just amplify and use laws of nature. We can get into that. But what I tell people that are like, oh, I want to really work on my health and I want to awaken my biology so that I can really have a primed vehicle by which my spirit can interact with the world in a way that's free of disease I mean, really, like, we're meant to be optimal. Every human body is inherently blueprinted with power and strength Mm. and um, virility
0: and and energy and
1: vitality. Like, that's how we're designed, you know. Uh, The domesticated lifestyle, unfortunately, has diminished that. But I always say, like, if you can just ground, like, if you can have your bare skin touching a tree grass dirt water as much as possible you can use grounding technology in Mm -hmm. your house that grounds down under your house with the wire
0: yeah like Uh, in your car
1: yeah my car (laughs) is grounded i have a grounding sheet on the bed i'm staying in your house um I always am walking around barefoot whenever possible. I mean, here we are. We're outside right now. I have a natural fiber sheepskin which is conductive on this ground. I mean, the ground's very dry, so it's not as conductive as like wet grass or something, right, right, but right. it's still I'm technically like electrically grounded. And we're
0: in a vortex of Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. And then the other thing that people are really missing is the power of breath and oxygen, of yep. oxygen in your body. Now, you you know, you're a Kundalini yogi, so you know this, but I always recommend to people like you don't have to get all woo-woo and wear a turban and do Kundalini and shit. Learn the Wim Hof method. It There's an app for it. You can learn it in about five minutes. And that will change your life. You mm-hmm. can be getting a cold. Do some really intense breath work and fire up your breath. Breath of fire. It's yeah. so potent. I remember yeah, listening so to your
0: episode with Guru Jag you t- are talking about like breath of fire. Dude. Yeah.
1: Uh, your breath, which is, you know, really just oxygenating your cells mm-hmm. and being grounded. And then the next thing, there's two more things. And we're just, it's all the elements. I mean, it's really so simple. And this is the ultimate biohack. The next thing is, is your light we are designed we have photoreceptors all over our body people think that only our eyes have photoreceptors no your whole body needs to be out in daylight and sun as much as possible without of course burning yourself which Mm -hmm. would be you know counterproductive but it's like if you were contacts man you got to go outside with no contacts because you're you're filtering out really health health giving nutrients from light natural sunlight is a wide spectrum of different colors. Right now, the rainbow is present, but we just see blue sky and a bunch of chemtrails. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, we're we're designed to take nutrition out of light. Light is nutrition, and we need it. It's what regulates our circadian rhythm, and that regulates our hormones, and they regulate our neurotransmitters. If you want to get off fucking antidepressants, get out in the sun. This is why when you go on vacation, you go usually somewhere tropical. Why? Because you're grounded. Because you're in the water. Because you're in the sun with a lot of naked body, and that's why you feel happy when you're on vacation. Mm -hmm. Because you're in water, you're grounded, you're Mm -hmm. in the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, you get happy and you get horny when you're in the sun. Have you ever noticed that? You go to fucking Tulum or whatever, everyone looks sexy and happy, and everyone's getting tan. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? Because our hormones are on fire, our neurotransmitters are up. And then the next thing with light is the toxic artificial light at night. Which we call, oh, which, the blue yeah, light. which we call blue light, and I know like people still think I'm a kook when I talk about this stuff because I'm so passionate. Because when I started eliminating, no, he's like
0: really passionate, guys.
1: When I started, <laughs> <laughs> when I started eliminating blue light from my life at night, it changed it changed my life. That and getting early morning sun, sun gazing, getting yeah. naked as possible in the sun. I'm kind of olive skin, so I don't really burn. Me even. too,
0: brother. Congrats. Yeah,
1: so I mean, I'm I'm fortunate, but I've t- I have a friend that's um he's Jewish, but he looks Irish, you know, he's, yeah. he's the kind of Jew that's like redhead and freckly. Mm-hmm. I forget what it, there's like a breed of Jewish people that are more that tone, yeah. you know, um, I forget what you call it, but he's very fair skinned and has freckles. My buddy Harrison. That's my
0: grandmother. She's Irish. Oh really? My grandma's Irish. Yeah. And I
1: trained him how to work with the sun and now he goes to the beach. No, I mean, you know, he might wear a hat or something, but he knows his threshold and he can go out almost with, us all of people and be chilling. He worked his way up.
0: And that's what's the other thing too, Before we we'll go any further. Yeah. Like a lot of our sunscreens and stuff have the chemicals oh in it god. so then, like, oh my god, sunscreen if, if you're is putting, so toxic. If you're putting the sunscreen on you and then you're sitting in the sun, you're actually your skin's your largest organ, so you're actually absorbing the toxins of the sunscreen, which is more detrimental than the sun.
1: There's two things about sunscreen. A is that the, the stuff that works is full of chemicals as you said, yeah. that are going to probably give you cancer because your skin is your largest organ. Your skin eats and breathes so when you rub something, you know how you can rub lotion on your skin? You're like, whoa, where'd it go? Mm-hmm. It got absorbed. Where the fuck do you think it goes? It goes right into your bloodstream. If you ate some suntan lotion, you think that that would kill you? No, because it goes through your digestive system. It gets detoxified. Your skin doesn't have a detoxification. It goes right into your bloodstream, into your brain. We don't need sunscreen, but. <laughs> so, yeah. But here's the thing with the sunscreen. It's also really bad for you because it blocks the UVA light, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you're only getting the UVB. So, yeah, you don't get burned, but it's a totally unnatural spectrum of light, which is also what contacts, eyeglasses, sunglasses and any windows in your home, car or office do we've created glass which is awesome we can stay out of the elements and still see i'm fucking grateful for glass glass love you you know ground up sand that they make clear i mean it's fantastic stuff how do they even do it i'm all for glass but if you don't get outside outside of glass Mm -hmm. every hour or so if you work in an office you are playing yourself so hard yeah because
0: i can tell if i'm like stuck all cooped up in the house like editing podcast episodes and shit like that all day and like buds yelling at me to go outside like i can tell the difference when i've been cooped up in a house and like even just like emf waves of our technology and you know like you've gave a great idea for me to put my router on like a timer switch so that i can turn it off between like but before bed and, like, while I'm sleeping. So the, those rays aren't really going through.
1: Yeah, you're lucky you're, the houses that you live around are pretty far away, too. I yeah. mean, living in a city is just a disaster.
0: I can, because uh, that's why I feel. Because after yeah. my lightning accident, I've gotten so sensitive I bet. to things like that. That, like, I just feel fucking drained when I get back home from L.A. Yeah, yeah. Just because everyone's on their phones, <laughs> I'm everything. Kind, I'm
1: kind of dreading going back, to be honest, because I'm like, oh, man, I'm going back into, like. Wi Fi, cell towers, a lot of stuff. But anyway, I want to touch on the blue light yeah, with a little light, more detail. Course, yeah. So so just think about it like this, okay? First off, when I say blue light, I'm talking about all lights at night that aren't orange, or red, red, or amber. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even yellow is better than white. So when I say blue light, I'm talking about any white light. So Like
0: I, fluorescent lights, right? They're just all lights. Yeah.
1: LEDs are some of the worst lights oh, ever. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. working
0: on sh- getting all those out. I've got yeah. more Edison bulb yeah. in my house. Yeah,
1: I noticed that. Your house is a nice little warm glow. So when I say blue light, it's like headlights. It's it's every light when you go in Target, like oh. anywhere you go at night. So again, I love glass. I also love lighting at night. It's awesome that we. it doesn't have to be dark when the sun goes down. But here's how you have to think about it. Okay, again, going back, you know, what does nature do? How did our creator design the planet and our relationship to it? Here's how we've evolved. This is what our bodies and brains are wired for. The sun goes down. There's this thing called sunset. Shit turns all yellow, orange, and red. Because the sun is far away, it creates a different spectrum. It's not blue out anymore. The blue sky goes away, right? So sunset, sunrise, they have that nice color. Mm -hmm. All right, so the, what we've done is the sun goes down, it gets black as shit outside, it's totally dark, Especially and we're out like, here. <laughs> we're like, yeah, it does. So we're like, cool, thanks, Edison, um, awesome. Now I can flip a switch and make it daytime again, which is really convenient. Here's the problem though, your eyes receive that light because they're two very powerful photoreceptors. They send a message to your brain that says, hey, brain, guess what? It's twelve noon. Cause I just walked in the grocery store at 11 p.m. or 7-Eleven, or I'm driving down the road and these LED headlights are hitting me in the face. It even your skin even has photoreceptors, so you could have like orange blue-blocking glasses on at night, walk around your house in bright light naked, and it still shuts down your melatonin. Because mm-hmm. your skin is a giant photoreceptor. We're very similar to a plant. Right. We just can't, you know, digest it obviously in photosynthesis in the way that a plant can, but not that far off. So if you think about how we've evolved. If we were hunter-gatherers, right now it's getting a little dark. Like a couple more hours, it's going to be yeah, dark out here. Yeah,
0: sunsets in like seven, 7.
1: What would happen is that we would light a fire. And then we'd all be dancing, drinking some freaking, some kind of homemade booze. You know, everyone would be off their little thing, doing their thing. And then we'd all go to sleep. And then the sun would come up, and when the animals start chirping, the birds start chirping. It's a good time to hunt and gather. Then we're up with the sun. You go down with the sun, you're up with the sun. The only way we would cheat that is with fire. For, just say, 200,000 years now, okay? We don't really you know know exactly what happened, but we know there was no goddamn LED lights before that. <laughs> so we invent the light bulb, and now we're a few generations in to tricking our brain and our body into thinking it's actually daytime, like midday sun in the middle of the night. You think that's not going to fuck up your hormones? Oh, fuck yeah. Your neurotransmitters, well, what, that was your thing circadian that
0: the, rhythm? That the, I feel like, like after doing the amp coil today, and it was saying how like, so much of mine was my endocrine and yeah. like my... Am I reproductive? Like 100%. Like, you know, that to me is just showing really the evidence of what's going on with like possibly that blue light. Yeah,
1: it's it's I'm telling you, you know, how do you ever see these old ads for cigarettes from the 50s? And they're like, your doctor says Marlboro's are good for you. And we're like, ha ha, those idiots. How could they have ever fallen for that? Everyone knows cigarettes are bad for you. That's the lighting epidemic right now. And people are catching on. You know, Apple makes their little night shift. I have
0: that. It's okay.
1: It doesn't cut all the blue, but it's better if you're in bed looking at that. I mean, you're just Or
0: maybe you should just not be in bed and look at your
1: phone. That's good. <laughs> I I did a hack on my phone in the settings that I make it all red now and then it's oh, like what? the short I can show you on your phone yeah. you can hack it. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately it's hard to describe yeah. to the listeners. It's in like accessibility. It's yeah, really yeah, weird. Yeah, cool. It's very hard to get to. Um but it's like way cooler than Night Shift and there's something called uh, on your computer you can get it's called Iris.
0: I have one that's called Flux. And so flux, it actually goes
1: But Flux again, like Flux and Night Shift are good entry level yeah. But to go hardcore mm-hmm. is iris, and you can turn your whole screen like red, where there's no blue. Oh, I mean, wow. it sucks for Netflix or whatever. But <laughs> but if you you know if you want to do late night work, because see the the pro- I mean, there's a multitude of problems. The main issue with the blue light is this is scary. Okay, so melatonin is the master hormone. People just think, right. oh, it's that pill you take to sleep. No, melatonin is a master hormone that controls so many other um, hormonal processes in the body. If you see blue light once it's dark, it shuts down your melatonin production for up to 4 hours afterward and increases your cortisol. Uh, cortisol. Yeah, that's is, what makes you fat. It makes you fat, <laughs> it makes you <laughs> stressed out. Yeah, cortisol totally. is like when you, you know, you almost get hit by a car. You're like, <gasps> that's that. Yeah, well, looking sure. at your phone with blue light also does that but it's not just on your devices you can hack that and there's ways to do that but really inside your home and when you go out when you drive around when you go in stores and things like that so the easiest thing to do because now they have, there more companies are coming out with these like red and amber and yellow glasses, which
0: I saw for the first time at Longevity Now. Like everyone really having them. Yeah, yeah. You, know, just you being in my house, and but they used
1: them. to be super douchey. Like you get them on Amazon, they were like those work goggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to roll around Hollywood in those. And like, no,
0: but tell them that you have yours custom made.
1: Yeah, well, my friend, um, <laughs> my friend Matt, who's coming on my podcast soon, he has a company called Raw Optics. R A Raw like sun, mm-hmm. uh, Raw Optics, and you mm-hmm. can buy any frames prescription or sunglasses or whatever and you you take them to lens crafters Mm -hmm. and he tells you these plastic lenses you get in put in there and then you mail them to him in philly i think he lives he dips them in this special dye that's the right color to cut out the blue and the green the green also stops melatonin and then he sends them back to you so the ones i have used to be sunglasses but i don't wear sunglasses because they're bad for your eyes we're not meant to wear sun dude if you're if the sun hurts your eyes not looking into the sun but being out in a bright then you your have really eyes, are eyes. your yeah. eyes are fucked up. Your eyes are fucked up. You've been domesticated.
0: Yeah, I haven't really worn sunglasses in months, but I just got my yeah. custom pair that my friend made. If the sun's <laughs> really bright,
1: you know, you wear a hat and yeah. you cut down the glare. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want sun and your, you're directly in your eyes. Obviously, it'll really hurt your yeah. eyes unless it's you know sun gazing. But you'd have to really study how to do that safely, and you have to kind of work your way up. So the blue light thing, you can get non douche looking. Pretty cool glasses made now that cut out the light. So I just wear those around at night. And yeah, some people look at me funny, like, oh, kind of looks like you're wearing sunglasses, yeah. which is like the ultimate douchery. Like, oh, really, dude? You're like that cool. You got to wear your sunglasses at night. Dude, only wear at sunglasses night. at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> but I just, it's like, well, you guys are going to have shitty sleep tonight. I'm yeah, going to be crushing sure. it which in like, Which would be so brilliant like deep a deep
0: festival, like for me. Like, yeah. Because there's so many of like the LED lights and all it's that. That's crazy, night. Yeah. yeah.
1: But now, you know, people are catching on, so it's cool. But that, again, is like, it's like oh it's biohacking no it's just like let's follow nature it's really basic common sense Mm -hmm. so the lighting and then um and then the other thing is is that is working with temperature and that's like you know the fire element is Mm -hmm. infrared saunas and sunshine and getting really hot sometimes heating your body up and then making your body very cold which you can do with ice 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 baths ice (laughs) baths ice baths or cryotherapy yeah and I got into that from doing, you know, cold plunges, going to Colorado and jumping in rivers, you know, mm-hmm. that are freezing and just kind of getting invigorated and things like that. But then I started doing cold showers, you know, 20 years ago.
0: It's very good for your nervous system. Yeah. Like then, you yoga, know, yeah. a few yeah. years
1: ago, I get into Kundalini and Yogi Budge is like, oh, take a cold shower every day. I'm like, no shit, bro. I've been doing that forever. Yeah. And then into cold showers, I segued into ice baths and I do those mm-hmm. all the time now. And see, here's the thing in nature as we're sitting right now, it's so lovely we're designed to have fluctuations in temperature all the time depending mm-hmm. on where we are in relation to the equator you know obviously mm-hmm. some of us migrated into you know the eastern block or whatever and some of us stayed in brazil and we were we humans travel all over, but one fact remains is we're never just living at 68 degrees Totally, Especially
0: part. in fucking out here in the desert, yeah. like it's getting like 120. Yeah, so <laughs> we go you know? to work.
1: What's the temperature at work? 68 degrees. We come home, we set the thermostat. What's the, you know, 68, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is 68 degrees. There's very few places in the natural world that stay 68 degrees. Totally. I mean, yeah. out here in the desert, it's 105 in the daytime. At night, this shit is like 45 sometimes or whatever, Yeah, I mean, you it was
0: cr- freezing this morning. Yeah, so... We were so, really trying to ground.
1: So... If you don't want to be a zoo animal, a domesticated animal, I mean, you've heard my friend Daniel Vitalis, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, he has this whole thing on domestication. He's much more knowledgeable about it than I, and, you know, it's his area of expertise. But he likens our modern, quote-unquote modern world, to being like domesticated animals. You know what happens when you take animals out of the wild and you put them in a zoo? They eventually start to die. Totally. Because they're not eating their native diet. Which for they're us trapped. would be a hunter-gatherer yeah, diet, totally. uh, a local diet, a seasonal diet, etc. And they're in bad lighting, mm-hmm. and they can't move their body in mm-hmm. in natural ways. And so, working on our movement, working on our environment, all of that stuff can be done mostly for free. You might have to pay to get in an infrared sauna somewhere until you can afford to buy one. But even that, I mean, they start at like a thousand dollars now. I recommend Clear Light. They're a little more than that, but they're the you know, the kind of gold standard. They don't have EMFs and things like that. So. Which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. So in, <laughs> so in, the, in terms of the biohacking, like you don't have to have money to do this stuff, but while you're working with the, the natural elements and undomesticating yourself, you can work on your poverty consciousness yeah. where you can like really invest in some of these medical devices that are, really useful man i mean when i drive you know two hours well my drive down here was five hours because <laughs> coachella but i literally have my hydrogen my yeah, molecular hydrogen I inhaler in the back of my car <laughs> and then riding shotgun is my nano v which uh, makes this really amazing healing water vapor that you breathe in and i just alternated between those the whole way and five hours later i get down here i'm 47 i should have been smoked I got yeah, here and I was like, like. full of energy. I like, was fine. Hey, yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it wasn't the most awesome trip. It's like the ugliest drive ever. Well,
0: thanks for, I mean, yeah, we did Tatnam, but even just like being the trooper.
1: Yeah, but like without those tools, I mean. You would have been. I would have been a lot more fatigued because what am I doing? I'm doing something totally out of alignment with the natural world. Totally. There, There are laws in the universe. There are natural laws, you know, like gravity would be a really simple, you know, example of that. And gravity eventually is what kills us, you know, really, when it comes down to it. You kind of shrink back into the earth. The earth swallows you up. Microbes eat you and you become flowers and grasses that animals eat and then bigger animals eat those animals and that's the cycle of life and we're part of it so i'm in a car for five hours totally out of that rhythm yeah with the planet so you got two choices you either move to the goddamn boonies and live off grid with no electricity and no unnatural lighting and live off the land and only hunt and gather berries seeds animals whatever or you live in a town or a city and you got to work with technology and use it to your advantage. Be smart and you can strategize and actually use technology. Like, cool, have lighting in your house. How about instead of all those white and blue bulbs, you just put red and orange bulbs? It's a little weird at first.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an adjustment.
1: But you get used to it. And then pretty soon you're like, you go into someone's house that has bright lights. I'm like, ah, you're like a fucking Fuck vampire. That.
0: No, that's how I am. Like, I have yeah. like my, my kitchen lights, like yellowish dim. Do you yeah. see that? My yeah, light? yeah. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, that's the light I usually keep on yeah. because I'm so sensitive to the blue lights, too.
1: Yeah, it and it, yeah, and we should be. It's just we become we become used to it. Just yeah. like you can get used to riding in an airplane. It doesn't mean it's good for you. Mm-hmm. Look at bunnies.
0: I know, they're everywhere. I have
1: to say, this is the first podcast I've ever recorded watching, what are those? Co- Wildlife? Co- cottontails or something. Oh, that the
0: there's jackrabbits and Jack cottontails. Rabbits. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ones with the big ears. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. I know, is this beautiful? This is my new spot.
1: I know. I wonder if I could move out here and, like, only record podcasts (laughs) outdoors actually this is opening up for me because i'm you know i'm like yeah obviously i live in the middle of the city i'm like shit if i could find somewhere quiet in la look at how
0: quiet it is here like there's like one guy that walked by with a camera so he's not fucking this is amazing yeah Yeah, we're having a good time
1: so yeah so that's that's my spiel on you know the health part
0: yeah okay well i want to ask some light i'm so grateful to have you and like you reaching out and this is like bringing more of like the divine masculine energy I wanted to bring in. So thank you. Hell um,
1: yeah. I love it.
0: But I want to ask you some lightning round questions. Ooh, cool. I told you I have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you did mine. Okay, so what? You know
1: what? You were one of the only people that understood what a lightning round was. Really? <laughs> you know? God bless the, you know, some of the other people yeah. I interviewed. I was like, cool. I'm going to ask you these quick questions. You give me quick answers. And then I wanted the epi- those things to be like Well, f- we're on
0: average, like 20
1: minutes? I wanted it to be 15 or 20 minutes so I could pack in like eight yeah, people yeah, yeah. in one long episode. And then some of went to like 35 minutes i was like Argh. i
0: think i did pretty good i did like 24 yeah
1: yours was good so I, next it was my bad as a host though i don't think yeah. i like claire illustrated okay you know. well it's Mercury
0: retrograde so i'll give you the benefit of the doubt yeah so i might okay. have to
1: make a, a, a really long episode of 35 or just ones. do part two yeah
0: um okay so what would you say is your spirit animal
1: my spirit animal that's interesting wow I don't ever think about that. I
0: know. That's why it's lightning round. Yeah, it's cool. (laughs)
1: It's cool. You know what's funny? I I think it's probably dogs. Mm. Because I used to have a very adversarial relationship with dogs. You know, growing up, I was attacked quite a few times pretty brutally by big, mean dogs. And I used to say, I hate dogs. And, like, their barks really annoy me. And they slobber on you. And you touch them and your hand smells. I was just like, ah, why would someone have one of those gross creatures in their house? You know? And then I had a girlfriend a a few years ago. And she just burned me out on wanting a dog finally so I was like, all right, I got her a dog for Christmas, this little papillon He's still in my life and uh, I, we're not together but you know I still get to see the dog sometime So we work together and uh, I fell in love with that goddamn dog. And then I and then I got it. The dog thing finally clicked. And I was like, oh, my God, I wish Bud was here. Dogs are the <laughs> coolest people in the on the world. Yeah. Planet. Like dogs are so awesome. So I think now I don't think of and my they're s-
0: also loyal, too. And I feel mm-hmm. like you're a very loyal and true person. Yes.
1: You know, that is one of my top qualities, I would say, is loyalty. If people yeah. do right by me, I'll I'm right or die. I'll go to the grave for their ass. Yeah, me yeah. too.
0: OK, so what was one movie that completely changed the trajectory of your life?
1: Hmm, a movie, God, let me see. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think the 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 movies that I they're not even movies. You know, what has changed my life is watching. I mean, in a sense, they're videos. You can buy a DVD yeah. or a download. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they used to be DVDs, but probably watching the work of Dr. David R. Hawkins mm. and watching his lectures. I got to see him a couple times in person. What before was it he about died. them,
0: though?
1: He had a very pragmatic non-dualistic way to explain how to live a spiritual life and and I have those videos on my laptop and they just they have a really really high vibration but they're very down to earth I mean he was just like a dude that ate at truck stops and probably voted Republican and was like the most spiritually profound person I've ever heard
0: Mm, I love that Um, okay so what would you tell younger Luke today
1: oh that you're lovable
0: yeah, love that. Yeah, okay. I, I used to not know that <laughs> for yeah, a long time. Still, course. sometimes I forget. You yeah, know. we get caught up.
1: I would tell the the young Luke and the current Luke that like you're you're good, you're okay, you deserve to be here.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so of all your biohacking equipment, what is one you cannot? Oh man, live? don't do that to <laughs> me. What is one you could uh, you don't think you could really live without?
1: You know, I've thought about that before when it comes to technology. And we were talking about this the other night at your yeah. house. Like, you know, do you? Th- you th- I think you asked me, do you think you have so- like an attachment to this or you're addicted to this stuff? I was like, oh, definitely. Like, yeah, I can't go anywhere without this stuff. I'm so used to just feeling so on fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could I do that with just breath work and shit? Probably. Um I would have to say if, if you're like, you, you can only have one device that you plug into the wall that's good mm-hmm. for your health. It'd probably be the infrared sauna, my clear light sauna. I mean, that's the thing that I just feel is so necessary for detoxing. And mm-hmm. also, it's just so good for your nervous system. It's so calming. It helps you sleep. It's so relaxing. Yeah. It's good for your skin. It burns calories from just sitting on your ass, which is my favorite way to burn calories. <laughs> so Yeah, probably the sauna. If I, if I could only have one thing for okay. the rest of my life.
0: So, who would be someone you really, really, really want on the Lifestylist podcast? Like, like your dream? Oh, I have person. my I have my
1: number one guest. Yeah. My number one guest. I mean, there's uh, there's you know spiritual teachers and people like that that are not celebrities that are just people that I really yeah. respect. But as far as like a big guest that I'd have to really work to get would be Steven Tyler. Yeah. Because he's such an interesting person, and he's you know he hangs out with. Ram Dass over in Maui and he's super into meditation and spiritual but we have a unique short history because when I was very first sober I was hired as an assistant stylist and uh, shortly after she hired me um, she booked Aerosmith as like a full-time client and so really my first job when I was sober was working for Aerosmith and helping with the wardrobe and stuff and um, they were sober at that time and I I think he's maybe not been at times since then it was a long time ago but I believe appears to be now because he's successful <laughs> you can kind of like tell if musicians are sober like if yeah, they're totally. selling records and doing well you know but uh he was the first cool person i met that was sober because i thought sober people were losers even though like i'm laying in the gutter like judging people that have a job walking above me but uh oh more rabbits out there breeding um but you know i i, I got to sit down and spend some time with him a couple times and there was one time in particular, and. You know, I, my boss was like, hey, I'm hanging with Steven. If you want to come by and just chill. We weren't because wor- I was just working. I didn't really mm-hmm. get to talk to them. I was like, here's your tie, sir, or whatever. You know, I was just wardrobe boy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't like we were chilling. But one day I got to go over and hang out and I was like, dude, I'm six months sober. I'm freaking out. Like, how do you do this? He's like, man, you want to know duels? I was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> we sat and like drank non-alcoholic beer and he was just like su- he's such a cool person awesome. you know he's just so rock and roll and just so out there but he was like dude i'm fucking sober and i'm loving it he was so happy and oh, successful that. and making great music and you know playing at the hollywood bowl and i remember though i asked him and i hoped i get to interview him and, and tell him this story but I, I, it was kind of funny cuz sometimes people that are famous for that long and i used, i worked as a stylist for like 17 years so i know a lot of celebrities and they, if they've been successful for a really long time, they kind of lose touch with what it's like to be a normal person. Right. You know, God bless them. I mean, it, yeah, it's just yeah, it's the sure. way it is. So I was like, dude, I'm playing in a band, and it's, like, really hard. I'm in these bars. I'm, like, shaky. I'm around alcohol, and I smell weed. And, like, how do you do it? And he was like... Oh man, you know, if I start stressing out, bro, I just I just fly over to Maui and I go hike up to the mountaintop and I meditate <laughs> and then I come back on stage and I look over and I got Joe Perry right there. And I remember thinking, Really, dude? That's just normal. I was like, game, Really, yeah. Steven? I'm like, bro, you know, I'm fucking I'm homeless and I don't have Joe Perry in my band. Like, you know, give me something real. But so he's someone I'd really like to interview just because he was he's was he probably has no way he might even remember me or have any knowledge that he really helped me in that way. But I was like, if that guy could be that cool and not do drugs i'm willing to give it a shot and i did and i have
0: that's amazing
1: and i think i'm kind of cool to some kids you know that are Mm like uh, being sober is lame and i talk about it now i'm not ashamed of it anymore um and uh, i've got i've inspired quite a few people you know based on messages that are like dude i've been struggling with addiction and you make it seem not lame and fun and exciting so
0: cool So, you know, in a world right now... That That wasn't
1: very lightning. Here I'm, like, clowning on my people. Yeah, I know, you (laughs) asshole. Wait till you're on the other side. You're like, oh, God, (laughs) yeah. It's hard to be lightning. All right, I'll see if I can... That was a storm. Right?
0: Um, Okay, so this is probably not another lightning one, but still kind of lightning. So in a world today that's so, like, future is female, which I don't really agree with. I think it's all inclusive. Like, how do we continue to um, hold space for divine masculine men like yourself to really you know, uh, not be intimidated by the women's empowerment movement and to still really show up and have that appreciation and that I see you kind of thing, like, of supporting women while also, like, being in a healthy kind of space.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You know, it's funny being someone that is just currently embodied in a body that has a penis. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I don't take my manhood and your womanhood all that seriously. I think that's a duality. That's a game that's very easy to get caught in that positionality at a certain level of development. We're like, I'm fighting for men, I'm fighting for women and not to discredit, you know, anyone that's been, you know, trust me, I was raised by a feminist in you know, grew up in the sixties in Berkeley. Like I get it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Um, but to me, like, if I see a, f- a shirt that says the future is female, it doesn't really give me the feeling that I want to support that. I'm kind of like, oh, really? Like, ew, so I'm not included? How about the future is we
0: all together, all Yeah, we get to yeah. know each
1: other and support each other, and, mm-hmm. and I get to support whatever you want to do as a woman, and I'm all for that, and you support whatever I'm doing as a man, and we learn how to be cherishing and respectful of one another, and we grow together and identify our differences. You know, that's the mm-hmm. thing. It's like it's so obvious that we're equal to me. It's like when I was a little kid and I found out about racism, I was like, what? Who is that retarded? Like literally the color of your skin is a problem. I just never, and think my mom was really cool. And, you know, we had constantly had Marvin Gaye playing and stuff. So it was like, I just didn't get that. yeah, Like that sort of limited ignorant perspective. And it's the same thing with this. I'm just like, dude, we're so much bigger than the body that we're embodied by. That said, I believe that we should all obviously be equal, but we're very different. Mm -hmm. So let's find out what those differences are, and let's work together together in cooperation and Mm -hmm. really make magic. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic of procreation. You know, Mm -hmm. when you take the female seed and the male seed and you make a third entity, Mm -hmm. whatever gender that turns out to be, that's the magic of true transmutation, Mm -hmm. right? And that's creative power that we all have and if we can learn to support one another and use that together that's the future the future mm-hmm. is understanding each other and our differences and creating absolute equality it's like the first wave of feminism was for sure. so needed man it's about equality like duh mm-hmm. women were getting fucked over for eternity yeah like let's stop that but it can't go the other way either now no, a modern progress. guy like me i don't I don't want to be vilified because I happen to be, I can't help but that I was born with the body that I'm in. It's just the way it is. I do, I make every effort to be conscious and respectful of everyone. And
0: empowering of all people.
1: Yeah, dude. Totally. I mean, that's the thing, you know, I've. <laughs> it's like I got feedback once or twice or three times on my show that was like, I don't even know what this word means. I still want to Google it someday and find out. But they said, you know, your show's cool, but it comes off as very heteronormative, you know? And I was like, whatever that means, it has something to do with like, being a heterosexual guy and having that perspective and it was sort of like well what other perspective could I have subjectively because this is me so you know while I can be inclusive and I can be curious and I can highlight people that are unlike me which I do I never really have people on my show that are a carbon copy of me because how boring Mm -hmm. there's no contrast but it's like well this is the lens from which I am viewing it but that doesn't mean that I can't try and get into you and view things from your side i mean that's your stories yeah that's like cultivating the principle of empathy like wow what if i had been born uh, african-american or latino or gay or ended up identifying as trans or being a woman it's like wow that's so amazing that we have the opportunity to express
0: various forms yeah to express all
1: these different forms and so this is the form i'm working with and I'm learning how to cultivate more masculine energy and use that shit consciously. Mm -hmm. And if you, as a woman, as you ask, want to support that, then encourage men to be men. Yeah. You know, let a guy lead, like let a guy protect and serve. I mean, just be honest, okay? If right now there was a riot, Mm -hmm. a fire, a war, someone being raped, someone being beaten, Mm -hmm. and you had a phone with two numbers in it, would you call a male body or a female body? Oh, fuck yeah, I'd call a male body. <laughs> okay. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, see, that's, I always grew you up know? as one of the boys, so, so like, that's why I'm you know, like, yeah, men, yeah,
1: I get it. A, a man that's truly abiding his masculine, and this isn't say that women can't protect themselves, okay? Don't, yeah. I'm just not like, oh, women are weak, so they need men. But as you, a man, can't do it by what makes that. me feel the most alive is like looking out for people and protecting people and like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember there was... I hate to tell this story because it's like ruins a good deed when you tell it but I was walking down the street and this old woman had just fallen on the fucking street and cracked her head up and was bleeding everywhere. It's like, and I was the guy. I mean, I saw it from across the street and without even blinking, I ran over there and just handled all that shit.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, held her.
1: Yeah, held her. and just. I mean, it was like, there was no thinking about it and God guided me to know exactly what to do and what to say to her and how to remain calm and handle everyone coming up and freaking out and, I was like, whoa, that's masculine energy. Not to say that a woman couldn't do the same thing, mm-hmm. but if she did, she would be in her masculine energy. Totally. Handling shit. Totally. You know, and so we learn as we evolve to play with that. I can also sit here and cry with you about a spiritual experience that's very feminine, feeling, allowing the duality
0: that we need within yeah, us we have to learn how balance
1: to have to learn how to cultivate those but that doesn't make one better than the other it mm-hmm. just is like wow we're different let's learn how to play with those energies and celebrate the differences it's a dance. yeah and celebrate celebrate the dance you know mm-hmm. and so to me the future is cooperation and understanding I love you know? that yeah
0: yes that was so beautiful this is why I wanted to have more men on my podcast there's a lot of guys like yeah so when i reached (laughs) out when i reached out to like when you were like like, you're like dude let me know like if you want cosmic dudes i was like this is my sign of the universe they even said like in april like i'm bringing i'm calling in the divine masculine in all areas of my life you know and so this is like a huge part of it so that we can all come together and be all together and really be like this very beautiful like intrinsic symbiotic because for us to, with the way the r- world is right now, like, we have to really come together and, and cultivate a symbiotic relationship amongst all people. Otherwise, humanity isn't going to You know, really and shift.
1: I want to, it's true. And I want to just, you know, I know you have a lot of female listeners. I'm like, I don't want any more hate mail. We're, no, we're, don't. You know, he's, it's, he's amazing. It's <laughs> like, it, it, see, my approach and the way that I'm describing this, of that cooperation, is not like brushing under the rug that things have been unfair continue to be unfair that people are getting subjugated and abused and all that okay that's right but i'm just talking about accentuating the positive like Mm -hmm. cool let's not ignore the dark like the dark in my life is how i've been able to transcend the dark and become more light i'm not about like spiritual bypass and yeah and all of you know pretending like people aren't getting abused and that things are unfair no like let's fix whatever's broken sure i'm all for but we it fix but
0: by empowering all people
1: yeah but yeah. my my personal mission is not in that space my personal mission is like have a podcast and find the most brilliant women in the world and interview them like i always do any mm-hmm. of women about childbirth and the best way to do it and also talk to them about how cruel it is to circumcise baby boys you know, I'm not taking sides. I'm like, let's show have all sides. Let's show all sides, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, I think that's important. But it's not, you know, I just want to be clear. I'm not, like, ignoring that there are issues that need to be for addressed. Sure. It's just like when someone's like, well, that's easy for you to say. You have white privilege. I'm like, yeah, dude, I was born into a bunch of... Alcoholics that abuse the fuck out of me. You know, it's yeah. like if that's white privilege, I'll take something else. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm saying? It's like, down. you see what I'm saying yeah. though? It's back to that thing like each one of our pains subjectively is our pain and we experience it as hard as the next person's pain, even though objectively one might appear to be worse than the other. Totally. You know, I've suffered a lot in my life, mostly at my own hand. I'm just totally. being a damaged, hurt person that took trauma and made more self inflicted trauma to deal with it, you know? Mm hmm. So I'm about alleviating suffering for all, all people.
0: That's with my tattoo. I was showing you this when we were eating yeah. lunch earlier. Without suffering, there would be no compassion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if that suffering shows up in a body with a hole in it or a body with a stick on it, like I really don't give a shit. I don't even see it like that. Totally. You know, I'm like, I'll help you, whatever mm-hmm. you are,
0: mm-hmm. as long
1: as you're respectful of me and other people. I'm down with you.
0: Okay, cool. So my last two questions. One question is. What, like, if you could give a quick, like, thing of advice, like, from your heart, f- through your own experience, and what would you share?
1: <laughs> I mean, to me, the number one most profound truth in my life is that there is a loving creator. There is a God, and it's it's so... <laughs> It's not something you have to go find. It's something you have to acknowledge that's here. It's like there's nothing that's not God. So it's not like, is it over that hill over there? Do I need to go seek God? No. It's like, just have to identify that if your heart is beating right now, God is working in your life, Mm -hmm. you know. And so it's about how much more of my own humanity can I surrender to that benevolent love and intelligence, you know. And so... It's just my message is God is real, whatever word you want to use for it. And I think that I don't really believe a human being. Well, no, I, don't, I can't say that. That's not true. I have never been able to have any sort of rich, meaningful experience of life without staying grounded in that knowing. experience and that knowing. Maybe some atheists and agnostics are living the dream. I don't know. For me that didn't work. Like I have to find um, I have to find a connection to that power and how I do it is not in a religious or dogmatic way. It's just I find universal truths and laws of the universe and I try to just live by them.
0: As Yogi Bhajan said, if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another good one is uh, if you can't find God, guess who moved? (laughs) It <laughs> <laughs> <Damn. laughs> wasn't God. Yeah, for sure. God's not lost or hiding. It's yeah. that I'm. It's being, obs- you know, the view's being obscured by ego, by preconceived ideas, mm-hmm. by my own arrogance, by my own, you know, intellect. Is mm-hmm. it intellect is a bitch? I mean, I'm lucky that I'm not an intellectually driven person, so it's very easy for me to see the the majesty of, that is nature and that is God. But I've I've worked with some people that are highly intellectual. And they have a very hard time because there's so many things that, you know, God is outside of the realm of intellect. It's in a different dimension. So it's sort of like trying to explain what a bird's experience is to a fish. It's just like the fish are down there going, uh, we're, this is the world. It's wet. We swim around. You're like, no, no, no. There's this other world up there where you fly. Mm -hmm. you only a flying fish knows that. So become a flying fish.
0: Awesome. Okay. So then the last question is where can we find more from you?
1: Well, my podcast is kind of my crown jewel, you know, that's where yeah, I really it's amazing. Thank you. That's yeah. where I think I shine. I'm, I'm pretty good at finding really interesting, brilliant people and asking them questions that are compelling. And, uh, that's what I'm most passionate about. And then I also live stream those a lot on Instagram. So my Instagram follow, I think is pretty good. If you like the podcast, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on there. And, uh, and then, um, my main website is lukestory.com with an EY, and there's there's you know tons of video and content. And all the links are
0: in the show notes below.
1: Yeah, yeah. and also I have a, a store on my site because people always ask about the where do you get the blue, black, and glasses and all this shit. How do I know which one? I finally just decided to – I don't even sell anything. I just have links mm-hmm. um, in various categories like sleep, um, travel, really office, brilliant. whatever on my site. So if you're like, wow – I want to get into health. What's the best supplement for this or that? You can go on my site and I have, I've linked out to like all my favorite stuff. It's called Luke's master market. Actually, there's a picture of Joshua tree on that site page. Even on your, (laughs) even on your uh, flyers for the, (laughs) that's true. That's true. Yeah. My, my podcast cover is a picture of Joshua tree. That is funny.
0: (laughs) 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 Enter twilight zone. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for holding it down and for joining me and, all your toys in my house and holding space for me this morning and for being you and taking the time to chat with me in this amazing I'm so space. honored to be the
1: first um male bodied soul to be on your show too thank you yeah. and it's a really great like wrap up to a, a fantastic weekend and I'm so glad we did it out here too yeah I know because we were dope. talking
0: about like in my house, you're like, no, let's go in the park. And I was like, oh, I don't know, traffic. I'm like, oh, fuck it, let's just <laughs> So yeah. it might
1: be a trend, you know. I know you do a lot of yours on Skype because you live out in sort yeah, of a I remote live in area, but nowhere. man, when you get people out here, it'd be cool to come. I know of my
0: last few episodes have been in person and it's been so lovely because people have been like staying at my house or yeah. like they live here. Well, as
1: you manifest your retreat center, you know, and your show gets bigger, you'll have a little more juice to get yeah. people to come to you. That's what I'm hoping for. I can get to Depanger, Ojai, and. Be kind of, quote, unquote. Like a a
0: destination spot. Yeah, Yeah, be kind of famous
1: enough and have a big enough podcast where people are like, where do I have to drive to be on that show? Okay, I'm going. Yeah, for sure. You you can stay at our house. Listen, like if Tim Ferriss is going to have me on his show and he was like, hey, you need to come to Idaho to be on my show. I'm like, okay, see you. I'm on my way to LAX, you know, so. Hopefully, we can all get to that place where people can come to us and and get some refuge, and and we, we do
0: that together. Yeah, so that's and supporting create each cool, other, cool and content, and
1: you know, and a, and a, and an escape for people at the same time.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again, and thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you want to join our private Facebook group for behind-the-scenes footage, conversations about the episodes, insight, and so much more. Visit the link in the show notes and sign up today. If you love this episode, feel free to leave a review and share with us why you love the Sovereign Society podcast. And guess what? If you send your review and send your little screenshot of your review over to hello at shamanessagadessa.guru, you'll receive my free sadhana guide to help you cultivate your daily rituals as you go forth and radiate your authentic radness out in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Share with your friends. Leave us a review and thank you for helping build this community so that together we may rise up and create and experience a world far beyond our wildest dreams. Have a great one.